0: Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Some of you may not have kids or maybe you didn't have this experience. For the last time, no, stop asking. Are we there yet? If if you don't have kids, you might think this is a joke. If you do have kids and you take road trips, you know this is not a joke. (laughs) What is a joke? But it's true, especially when they're little and you're going places. Are we there yet? Are you there yet? Are you there yet? So focused on the destination. And yet I know in my family, my kids have learned, they've gone along and they're pretty good at this, they don't ask, but the littler they are, the more likely they are to not pay attention to the journey. It's how kids are on road trips and they, they don't know how they have to, you have to go on road trips to understand there's a joy in the journey a joy in the process in the things that you see and if you don't have that joy as a kid you're probably just going to say oh let me pick up my device or my book or twiddle my thumbs or close my eyes and miss the journey there's a joy in being on the journey and God's design I think this is a picture of what life is God wants us to have joy in the journey of life on the journey of faith the journey of relationship with Him and so we're in a series here in Romans and I know we've had people sharing on it I've been sharing on it next week Daryl is going to share on the next passage and we're just going through a bit at a time and so today we're in Romans 6 and in Romans 6 I think one of the things Paul tells us is that faith is a process faith is a journey if you will And Paul's trying to point us to say, hey, there's a joy in this journey. I want you to have joy in the journey of the faith. And so let's read the passage today. I've got it on the screen. You can follow along in your Bibles if you have them today. Romans 6, starting in verse 15, Paul says, What then are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so there's the passage, and of course there's a a lot going on here. But I think the first question we probably want to ask is this. What is sanctification? Uh, The big words of the Bible, right? Sanctification. It's like you expect me to have a giant Bible up here, right? I'm going to find the big words and sanctification. What is it? What is sanctification? Paul mentions it here twice in this passage and we see it elsewhere in the New Testament. We ought to understand what exactly is he talking about. And it's actually not that difficult to figure out. The basic meaning is just the process of being set apart for special use. I don't know. How many of you have fine china? I know, like, I think young people now, when they register for their weddings, they don't register for fine china anymore, and they're just like, well, we'll just count on fine china to get passed down from grandma, or whatever. But fine china is kind of an example of something that is sanctified, it's set apart for special use, for Christmas dinner or special events or just to sit in your cabinet or a box and never get used, right? A Christmas tree is kind of the same way, right? If you have an artificial tree, if you have a natural tree, you just throw it away every year, but if you have an artificial tree, you take it and like me, you stuff it under the stairs in the basement and you leave it there and it's there for a special use, right? I don't throw it away and get another one, I keep it. It's for special use and I pull it out about November or if you really like Christmas in October, Right? and so those are examples of things that are sanctified they're set apart for special use but we got to look at this a little bit more sanctification does not mean sometimes it's helpful to understand what something means by understanding what it does not mean so we're talking about faith and we're talking about God and we're talking about sin sanctification does not mean that sin is eradicated immediately from my life when I receive the free gift of salvation should be fairly obvious and so in that sense when Paul's talking about sanctification and faith he's not talking about fine china he's not talking about a Christmas tree he's talking about a process we know that sin is not eradicated from our lives and so take heart if you are saved and you say yeah I have received the free gift of salvation I know God is my savior I'm no I'm going to go spend eternity in heaven take heart if you're still sinning this is a process this is normal also want to tell you to take heart. If you're in those shoes and you go, ah, yeah, I am really in the struggle against sin and this is really challenging. The fact that you see it as a struggle is really good. If you're in the process of sanctification. Well, sanctification does mean God is at work in me. It's a growth process. A process. It is ongoing. not reliant upon myself it's dependent upon god i love this verse from second corinthians 7 paul again he says since we have these promises beloved let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit bringing holiness to completion in the fear of god we're dependent upon god and our efforts And it is a process. An example that helps me think about it, and you probably go, yeah, I understand, Greg, why this example helps you think about it is renovation. Of course, I love buildings. I'm an architect. I'm in the process right now of renovating my basement. This is not a picture of my basement, thankfully. But I know a number of you have probably engaged in this, whether you've hired somebody or you've done the work yourself on your home or when we were working on this building seven years ago, we went through this process. And renovation... It has to get worse before it gets better, right? You've got to tear the stuff down. You've got to make holes in the wall. You've got to pull the insulation out. You've got to tear the flooring up. You've got to throw stuff away. You, if you're like in my, in my house and we've got all this furniture and things, it's like this big shell game and you're moving stuff around and everything is a mess and a disaster and it's getting messy and it's this progress and we want to make progress, but along the way sometimes we want to go, are we there yet? I want to just snap my fingers and the renovation is done and I'm able to use it. But it's a process. There is progress and there's things to be learned. And I know as I've done renovations on homes and buildings in my life, I love them a lot more. And I understand them a lot more when I get to the end. Good things come through a process that is dirty and messy along the way. And maybe a way that the faith journey is different from renovation is I can't pay somebody to do the sanctification process in my life the way I could maybe pay somebody to do a renovation of my house. It's up to me. It's dependent upon my efforts. So, we can also understand that sanctification is different from justification. Another one of those big words from the Bible, right? Sanctification and justification, and I don't know what is the difference from these. Well, here it is. Here's the difference. Justification is new birth, and sanctification is ongoing growth. Justification happens in a moment. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're justified. And you do that, and then when you die, and someday we're all going to die, and we'll stand before the Lord on that day of judgment, you're justified because of what Christ has done. But sanctification is the ongoing growth that's built upon that justification. And there's a duality here where God's working and... There's something that we have to do as well, too. I'll show you some verses that depend on that, right? I am involved, Ephesians four twenty to 24, it's, That is not the way you learn Christ, to put off your old self. Here's what we have to do. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. No one's going to put off that old self for you, no one's going to take off my old self for me. I have to do it. There's something I have to do here. And yet, we also see First Thessalonians chapter 5, God directs it. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is involved. God is directing it. God is sanctifying us in that process. We can put it all together in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It's both God and me, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. So now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It involves both God and me in its relational Because God himself is relational. We talked about that. Within the Trinity, God is relationship as well. And so it would make sense that the sanctification process is also relational as we relate to God. I was trying to find a summary. What would be a good sort of summary of sanctification? And you can go back to the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Catechisms are just a thing that you can memorize. People have memorized throughout the centuries to remember what things are. Principles of the Bible. And here's this piece about sanctification. I thought this was a good summary. Sanctification is the work of God's free grace whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God. And are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. I think that's a good summary. It is the work of God's grace, and we are renewed and enabled to die to sin and live to righteousness. So we can ask, how can I be sanctified? Alright, so sanctification is this thing, how do I do it? How do I find out what it's supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? The best path for sanctification is found right there in the Bible, in the scripture. That's part of what it means. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. How do I walk out sanctification in my life? Look to the scripture. We look to the scripture. That's why we study it here. That's why we study it in our gospel groups during the week. That's why each of us, we try to take it and look at it personally day by day. Now, as we go on in Romans here, this is an important principle to understand sanctification because Paul will come back to it. And he'll come back to it. And he'll come back to it. And so we've got some basic knowledge here about what sanctification is. And so Paul uses the concept of sanctification and he addresses a common question, which is this. If I'm free, why not keep on sinning? If I'm free and I'm justified, it doesn't matter what I do from here on out and someday I'm going to stand before God and I'm justified, why do I need sanctification? Why do I need it? It's a very legitimate question. It's a very legitimate question. I appreciate Tim, a couple weeks ago, addressed costly grace. And Paul starts and he uses the example of the slave and the master there in verses 17 and 18. You, are slaves to this, you who were slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart. You've become obedient from the heart. See, we start off as sinners. We all do. We all start off as sinners. We talked about that a few weeks ago. The universe is broken, and the brokenness is our sin. We all start off there, and then we have that opportunity. We can choose salvation. We can choose justification. We can receive the free gift God has offered us. Salvation sets us free. And then we have this opportunity to become Obedient from the heart. Obedient from the heart. Why should we become obedient from the heart? Well, that just means we don't keep on sinning. Why don't we keep on sinning as a pattern? Because the fruit of sin is death. Verse 23 the wages of sin is death. It's death. Remember, death is brokenness and rottenness and awful things sin makes us think, oh yeah, I'm going to have pleasure in the moment, I'm going to have goodness in the moment, but we know when we're clear-eyed, the pain, the suffering, the brokenness, it's coming. Destruction is coming for us. And so we think to this question, we go, I'm free, I'm free, I have freedom. Free means I can do whatever I want. No, that's not really what freedom is. Freedom means doing what I most want want to do, what I most want to do. And so if I love God and I truly recognize what he's done for me, and if I truly see Jesus as a precious gift, then I most want to obey him. I most want to obey God out of love. That's the thing I most want to do. I'm free to do the thing I most want to do because I realize, wow, I am justified. And it is amazing. And I want to respond to that. I was thinking about this and, you know, I guess I go back into my construction background and I thought, how could I really describe this? And Paul's talking about, oh, there's a couple errors here of how we can sort of deal with our justification and our sanctification. And so I sort of came up with this, this picture and I've shown this picture before. I labeled it a little bit differently, but this is a house, right? It's sort of a cross section through the house and I think it's a good picture where God justifies us and our justification is really our foundation, And you have that foundation and you have the free gift of eternal life and you've received it. You go, all right, I have this foundation. And now upon that, upon the gospel, upon the freedom that we have, we can build this house. And that's the sanctification. Sanctification is this process of building this house upon our justification. So really we start off and it really looks like this. I've come to faith, and I'm justified, and my foundation is there. And now I've got some choice, and God working through me, and in relationship, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, I think we can get... Paul tells us we can kind of go wrong in two different ways. The first error we can make is we can say, well, I need to obey God so I can be right with God. i got to get right with God. i got to be right. And we sort of forget that we're justified. And sometimes we do this in a partial way, right? So we have this sanctification, and maybe we're we're, we're kind of building it on the foundation, and we're kind of just building it on our own good works, and thinking that, oh, if I do the good things, God will love me more, and if I don't do good things... God will love me less. And we know that's not true because God loves us where? At the maximum level. Why does he love us at the maximum level? Because he gave up his son to die for you. How could he love you any less than that? That's the maximum level. So when we do this, we're striving for righteousness by obedience. We think, I'm going to be righteous by obeying. But our righteousness is in Christ. And so our motivation, when we do this, our motivation is wrong. We're saying, I'm trying to get to God by what I do. I'm trying to get right with God by what I do. And that really defeats the point of justification, which is, hey, you're already right with God. You're right with him. You don't need to try to get there on your own. So when we do this, our heart about salvation is wrong. And I can think this way sometime. And some of us, sometimes we like I said, this sometimes this house, you know, I could have drawn it so it was like off to the side, and maybe we can do that, but a lot of times we're kinda doing it somewhat on justification and somewhat on our own good works, and we can just have the wrong heart. We think that what Jesus did wasn't sufficient. We think that, ah, I need to do it on my own that Paul has shown us. And he's shown us here in Romans and he's going to keep laying it out for us as we go along. Jesus is sufficient. He's all we need. We don't need to do this. So the second error we can make is kind of go to the other way. And say, well, I don't obey because I can do whatever I want. Why do I need to obey? I'm justified. I'm good. And maybe we don't do this completely. We just sort of do it partially. See, there's kind of a partial house being built there. and We just kind of go, yeah, well, that's enough. I don't need to do the other things. I don't need to be right with God. This is really logic without love. It's logical because, yeah, it is true. If I'm justified and I'm right in God's sight, then it really, in that sense, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get to heaven. I get to spend eternity with God because I'm justified. But there's no love. It's logic without love because without love, I'm not treating what Jesus did for me as precious. And it is precious. I just go, oh, wow, he built this foundation for me. Yeah, I'm not really going to bother building on it. There's no love there. There's no response there. Have you ever given a gift that you've watched somebody discard? Maybe it happens with kids. Or you give it to other people and you like, Wow, I poured my heart and my thoughts and my ideas to make this perfect gift for somebody. And they, they sell it at a garage sale the next week. I don't know if you ever had that happen. Well, that's kind of how we can treat this. We go, Wow, God has justified me. He's given me this free gift and I, I don't want to bother. Our motivation is wrong. Our motivation is wrong because we're doing this probably because we go, Oh, there's some hard work and there's some hard choices in that process of of sanctification. And I kind of just want to have some fun and pleasure in the moment. I just kind of want to sin because it just seems like there's some pleasure. And we're just forgetting the fact that sin brings death and pain in the long run. So we don't want to make this error. We don't want to believe that our own path is best. We want to believe that God's path prescribed for us is what's best. And so that's where we come to this. And our heart should be, ah, I'm justified. I want to respond to that precious gift of Jesus by being obedient. And I want to build that house with God's input and God directing me. I understand that having obedience and being sanctified isn't going to make God love me more my justification is taken care of. God loves me at the maximum level. I understand that in the end, whether, whether I do this or not, I'm still going to get into heaven. I'm already in. So what's my motivation? Well, Dave even alluded to it this morning. I love this. 1 John 4, 9. We love because he first loved us. And so our response, our sanctification is a response to his love, to that foundation that's laid for us. I want to respond to Jesus with obedience because I see Jesus is so precious and the gift of salvation is so amazing. How could I not respond? How could I not respond? So what's the point? You go, okay, we're just like building this house. Why? Well, I think Jesus gives us a clue when he gives us the parable in Matthew 7. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. Oh, okay. So everyone who hears the words, remember the scripture is a path of sanctification. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. Everyone who's on the process of sanctification will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. See, I'm not the only one who likes building analogies. Clearly, Jesus does too. He says, And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. It had been founded upon Jesus, upon our justification. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, Will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Great was the destruction. Great was the ruin. And so God calls us, Jesus here calls us into the sanctification process, into being set apart, that process of being made special, to have a special use, he's calling us into that. Because the fruit of that, the fruit of that obedience brings us protection, it brings us stability, it brings us blessing, it's like a house. Just go back to that picture. A house that's sort of half on the foundation or off the foundation, it ain't going to work. Or a quarter of a house, it's not going to protect you, it's not going to save you, it's not going to make things good when the rains come and the wind blows when we're building that house and God is with us on that process of sanctification we're going to have protection, stability and blessing and so I'd leave you with this today as you think about this will you align your heart with God? will you do that? will you do that? will you listen to his call? he's calling to you and saying hey hey I want to sanctify you. Will you walk into this? Will you walk into this relationship with me? Will you build your life upon the justification of Christ? Or maybe today you can look at your life in in a full capacity or in a partial capacity and say, yeah, I've really just been thinking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I haven't been enjoying the joy of the journey of faith. God wants to teach us that. He wants us to, sh- to learn that. He wants to show us that there is a joy in the process of sanctification, of being set apart. And there's going to be protection. There's going to be stability. There's going to be blessing. And so I'd ask you that. If you're here today, would you join us? Would you join me on that process? That's what we're doing here in this church. We're trying to walk out that process of sanctification together. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. I'll pray and we'll close. And God, I thank you that it's, just, it's very clear in your scripture that you've called us into this. And God, I think even before we can get into thinking about sanctification, God, we've got to thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die in our place so that we could be justified before you. God, you tell us that is a free gift. And Lord, we know that to receive that free gift, all we have to do is say, God, I receive that free gift. And God, we recognize that as we receive that free gift, if we really understand what that's done, where you've saved us from hell and into heaven, that our response to that is to say, wow, wow, thank you for saving me. God, help each one of us to be developing and growing in that obedience in our hearts, the obedience of the heart, as Paul talks about. God, as we think about that sanctification process, Lord, I thank you that it's not just a set of rules and I gotta follow the rules and walk along the path, that you have set out guidelines for us and we can see that if we follow those guidelines, even though they're hard, those guidelines are gonna bring about goodness in our life and protection and stability and blessing. God, we just declare that we want to be people who are walking in that process of sanctification, of building our house, of being the wise builder who's building the house upon the rock, upon our foundation of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for that precious gift. Thank you for that gift. Help us to walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen.